Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So is this episode about sex because it's called Climax? <laughs> I think it's like, it's more about dating. Okay, so dating <laughs> than sex. Dating if... As per the episode before, mm-hmm. as per we could do this all again, this is going to be the what if karma never happened, dating from a totally karma-free place where karma is but a memory, not even, not never e- existed. Not even a memory. Never existed. Exactly. Never, never existed. Our not good enough story would be informing our actions, like, no. Okay, fine. So, that we're just amazing. Like, we came out of the womb knowing that we were great and never forgot that. <laughs> okay, so then I assume in that space, dating would be really fun be so much fun i mean once you get past like the initial jitters and the do they because it's not like do they like me because i need them to fix me or anything like that or i need it's, the validation yeah it's I'm just like, do they like me because i like them and i want to hang out with yeah, them yeah or i thought they were cute we know that from our books a lot of my chapters were based on dating because mm-hmm. it's one of the ways in which our karma just plays out yeah it's where our not good enough stories are highlighted because like attracts like so you're you know, whether or not you have a comic story that has to do with love or unlovable or, you know, it's still one of the places we all watch our relate our karma play out. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if and you're not... And we have not, such a hangover as well. I mean, it's hard. I think for unlovable, it can be harder. But the reality is that even people with the, you know, undeserving or not worthy or broken karmic issues or themes, those also play out in dating and relationship often sometimes not but often and it can feel pretty horrible to experience those right because you know are you in a relationship that's constantly reinforcing you're not good enough story because you're always feeling not worthy of the person or the relationship or i'm not even going to go into all the ways in which that can happen because as we said what if it never happened Exactly. So let's not even remember it. Yes, exactly. But. So I remember being, like, even though I had my karma in my teen years, when I was not playing out my karma through relationship, it was being played out in another way. And you can also just sort of see the two. I approached dating with a massive, like, openness that, I mean, I was down for anything. And I didn't care whatever happened. It was not for me an outcome-based thing at all, not until much later when my karma kicked in in that arena but when i was super open i had so much fun interesting it was the most fun i could have ever had at that time in my life interesting yeah we've gone on to this so many times and i could talk about this for literally hours but you've got to just do what you feel is right because that it will be Mm -hmm. the right move for you the issue is as we said in karma it's so outcome based that you pause before doing those things because you're trying to get a specific reaction but it is funny because it's the one place even post-karma, that it takes a while to get out of that pattern. Because post-karma, our egos can still manifest these like stunted interactions we end up having because it's looking for a lot of reasons not to trust, which I think is probably something you've experienced a lot, right? Yes. So you just keep inventing all these stories to back up all of your limited experiences. And you kept keep perpetuating them. I found this one fucking fascinating. Like the way I was behaving, even out of my karma, was so defensive right Mm -hmm. i never wanted to go out of my way to show that i gave a shit yeah even though i knew when push came to shove Mm -hmm. i would always say how i felt yeah and that i would always honor myself yeah i still never put myself out there in a real way Mm -hmm. whether it was as stupid as 
making time for someone. Yeah. Just in case they didn't fill that time and then I'd be lost doing nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy in the stories that you tell. And I couldn't trust that, I couldn't trust how anyone felt about me. Yeah. And I couldn't trust how I felt about them mm-hmm. as well a yeah. little bit. Because I was also such a, I, I, fell, I fell in love so easily mm-hmm. and so quickly mm-hmm. that I couldn't trust if I was in love in anything that it meant anything or it meant everything or it meant nothing. Oh my God, that just sounds exhausting. It was. <laughs> I was like, wow, to be in your brain, that must have it been was, really it tiring. Was, it was, it was. <laughs> so, but this is my question then. How does one, once they are out of their karma and, you know, they could be in like, because in some ways, high consciousness doesn't even fucking play a part in any of this, right? No, it doesn't. Because you're I mean, just interacting with other people. Yeah. So We're dialing it back to how yeah. conscious can you be at yeah. this time yeah. from a while you're post-karma and hopefully have dropped enough of your ego to be able to get into that healthy form of dating so you can be in flow with yourself. And being in flow with yourself just means that you're just – you know, to be able to do that means you're living your fate and you're aligned with your purpose, of course, but really listening to yourself and knowing what you desire most, mm. even if it flies in the face of what makes any sense of any logic. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like, not but what, also, it's not what I did yesterday. It's not what I did last week. It's not what we've done together before. Yeah. How does that make sense now? You know, you've just got to listen and try because there's going to be a reason you're being called to do it, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. what I assume. And that way we can be in flow with others. So, you know, it's, and this isn't easy. This is going to be the be hardest thing. And, you know, there's a preponderance of dating books and podcasts and influencers and experts and armchair therapists who deal with this a lot right? They're always spouting particular rules or standards or values to kind of ensure that we're actually, as you said, we're mitigating this sort of behavior as opposed to embracing it and moving into it. And we know that if you move into the behaviors that you, you know, where you desire something and that's what you're doing, right? That's what you're pursuing. The level of fulfillment will go up tenfold. Also, and it's something that you said to me, I think, in season one, which I guess is why I'm bringing it up now, <laughs> okay. is uh, desire is potent. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about when when you know that someone desires you, but you know that they desire you for a place where they don't need you, mm-hmm. but they choose you. Yeah, you have nothing to offer. How fucking attractive is that? <laughs> You're like, yeah. You don't feel, it's not about being trapped or feeling that you owe them something. It's just like, mm. whether or not you even want to be with them, like, it's attractive to know that someone can really stand in their power like that. Just be like, I want you. And I'm sure we can all think of someone who said that to us in some way or another. And we thought, actually, hmm, good. Mm. You know? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it could be something small. But when you talk about being in flow with others, right? This is the yeah. bit where I get like, what do you mean by being in flow with others? It's something that I think that I really struggled with. I think it's really difficult for some to come from that space. For some... I, I swear, I feel like I'm going to end up sounding really vague when I think about examples Probably. because it's different for everyone. Yeah. Right? Like, there are some who are so good at being in flow because they're so good at tapping into other people's energies that they adapt very quickly. So when you're in flow with other people, sometimes, and even in kind of an old school way, people who are often in flow are a bit like water where they can adapt in any situation and be like any, you know, be who you need them to be. Different. But there's somewhere. No, it's not. 
<laughs> no, it would not be manipulation. <laughs> no, it's I a don't very, really, I don't think it's I'm a mean. very natural, it's a very natural adaptability. Okay, whereas I'm just more like, I'm going to just be myself in all situations and you're going to like me for it. Pretty much. Okay, fine. Pretty much. So I'm not in yeah. flow with others. <laughs> you can be in flow. Okay, so here's how it would look. You enter a room. Okay. Right? This is post-karma, no ego. You as in Rhea or you as in anyone listening? Anyone listening, but right now it's about you, Rhea. But this, you know, other people have to be able to relate. Okay, (laughs) Okay. So you walk into a room. Okay. And this is, again, post-ego, post-karma, no fear. You walk in with all your light and all the confidence that you bring. Yeah. Right? Now, some are going to be like, oh, my God, what a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Right? can't handle all that light they think that anybody who emanates that much must be really needy really want attention must need validation but when you are fully mantled in that energy in your own energy it is not any of that as we know it is just you shining your light but again people respond to light differently some will shun it because they can't own their own but others will be enthralled by it and they'll want more of that now when you are that open and you are egoless, you can really tap into any situation in any room, any energy, and you can immediately determine, does this fit me or does this not? And if it does fit you, it'll just be like, perfect. Mm. Okay. So it's not so much the people who are water that can just adapt to everything. No, when you're, when you're in your post-karma state... You won't even have to come from a mental place where you're just like, oh, you know, I'll just, this person needs me to be this way mm. so I can get along. Because obviously also as an ex-people pleaser, because I wasn't so much of a manipulator as just people pleaser to the max. Yeah, but it's still a manipulative behavior. Yeah, yeah fine. <laughs> I'm very good at reading other people and what they need. Same. But that doesn't necessarily mean I can do it. I'll give it to them now. Whereas before I'd go against myself to give it to them. But if you're in a stage where you are single... And really open and healed, and maybe you want to meet somebody on a night out, you can only but be yourself. Yes, 100%. Right? And maybe somebody will respond to that. Maybe they won't. There's usually going to be somebody confident enough who's going to want to match your energy. (laughs) And those are always the people I would look out for because then they'd be the most fun. Yeah, that makes sense. I love confidence. Yeah, me too. It is one of the, to be honest, it is really one of the coolest, best traits you can have. It's true. That and kindness. Yeah, but it <laughs> depends on what my goal is. <laughs> I don't know if I need kindness. But Ricardo wasn't very confident when you met him, was he? He was incredibly confident. He could say no to me. Nobody else ever said no to me. Okay, fine, fair. Or rarely said no. A guy who can say no to you is pretty confident. That that's he's true. like he's not worried whether or not he's going to get a second date. Yeah, that that's was true. not his. That was not his concern. And I was like, Are you, I'm thinking to myself, was he not concerned? Yeah, <laughs> he's going to get a second date. Okay, what? Fine. <laughs> okay fine. okay so basically it's being a flow with us being able to be like we flow together we don't flow together and it's not about trying to make it fit so we do yeah it's just about knowing whether we do or not and when it does it feels great and when it doesn't it's just not right we walk away yeah because i think a lot of modern dating right now is still teaching how to make yourself fit with another person yeah and then and, but then don't feel bad if you don't. <laughs> like, it's yeah. the, there's that little bit of yeah. like, you know. And the thing is, you might not fit with someone today, but you might fit with them in a couple of months or a couple of years. You just don't know. So you've yeah. just got to, all you can do is be yourself and whatever works, works. And as we said in the last episode, as you grow, as you change, as you become a, become a new you or become mm-hmm. a different you or become yeah. an expanded you yeah. is actually probably the right term. One thing that would help 
And this will help with younger generations. I think older generations is pretty much like they can't even grasp this. If it is also about, you know, what helps is expanding your, your friendship group, expanding your relationships, expanding that net, mm. you know, because I find that millennials especially, they're often in smaller groups and they stay in those groups. And I understand as we get older, we tend to kind of shrink our groups for various reasons, but it is important to constantly expand. And that helps a lot because you'd be surprised by how you can find your energetic match if you cast a somewhat wider net. What are the things we need to consider when we think that we're ready to date? Is there always, am I preparedness for dating? Yes. To use that oh so famous word that <laughs> well, we brought in last season. I don't think I expected you to like, you hated that word. I still and yet hate you it. you use it more than I ever would. It's because I'm kind of half doing it tongue in cheek. But to be fair, it's like, am I, because it's am I ready to date? Is am I preparedness to date? I don't really know. Do I have the preparedness? Yes, to exactly. Date, is the preparedness right? in place? Yeah. So yeah. how do we know if the preparedness is in place? Okay. So you need to ask yourself four questions. Okay. Right? So the first is, can I handle not seeing this person again? As in, can I trust that another person will show up? Because a lot of people tend to stay in these awkward dating situations because they're not sure that someone else will come along. Now, true manifestation will teach you have to make space for people, right? And while true in that principle of manifestation, the reality is that you're not making space. You're just trying to like... How would they explain it? When you're doing it in the manifestation way, you're merely participating in an exercise that's absolutely meaningless to you. (laughs) It's really what it is. People do it just because they're told to do it, not because they generally, they, that they genuinely trust and understand that fact, right? And so if you're coming at it from a, well, in order to achieve this, again, if you make it outcome-based. Well, it's also just very, very simple. And I don't know why this just popped into my head. Hmm. It's not that they're trusting themselves. They're trusting the exactly. manifestation process. Precisely. So, so if you can trust yourself and be like, no, I actually like this person. I want to continue seeing them. Or no, I don't like this person. I need to stop seeing them. That's you trusting yourself. Yeah. But by you going, mm, they're not everything on my list. So I've got to get rid of them because manifestation told me so. That's you trusting the mani- manifestation process. Or more, more likely, that's you fearing the manifestation punishment. Exactly. And that's a big fucking difference. It's a massive difference. And if you're really thinking, okay, well, then I got to make space for the other person to show up. Well, again, are you just going to end something that is genuinely could be fun, though, for a time? And it's teaching you something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in it if you feel like you want to be in it. But again, it's really you have to be able to listen to yourself. What Mm. are you getting from it? What are you not? Mm. But can you trust that you will get there if you can make that decision for yourself. But what is this person really doing in my life? Mm. Is it really just because I can't be alone? Because mm. I don't even like my own company? Or is it this individual themselves, this person, and the qualities that they bring just that, you know, so nice. is so nice. It makes, you know, they make me laugh or, you know, it's that. Fine, It fine. really is that. And yes, I'd be disappointed if I lost them, but I'm pretty sure i find someone else. Yeah. But that our connection isn't so deep or meaningful, or, you know, really. And it's it's like that because there's always going to be someone. Always. Mm. Right? Okay. Well, I'm sure we can dig into that further. <laughs> I will stop there. So the second question is, am I really in a place where I can make room for another person in my life and all that adapting to it will require? <sighs> and this is absolute honesty, motherfuckers. Okay. Because... But I find it really funny that in the outline you've written MF star RS. I know. (laughs) 
Who else is reading that but me and you? Yeah, because I didn't feel like typing the whole fucking word. (laughs) This is long. (laughs) And I was already moving into – I was hoping to avoid two pages. Anyway. Because, you know, we have – and we said it in the previous episode. Again, usually episode one will lay out certain things. But we have a lot of fabricated milestones. Again, life and separation and the hierarchical structure of life and separation – meant that we had various goals and that all kind of kept us on a singular track. Getting married, having babies, maybe doing other things. It's not for everyone. Yeah, we're more open-minded about it, but still, so many of us are still very traditional about that path. But we're not necessarily ready for it at the same time everyone else is. And yet we push and we try and we ask ourselves, what's wrong with me that it didn't happen when I was you know, I didn't meet my person at 26. You know, I didn't have my first kid and until X time. We immediately think if we're not matching up to this established t- timeline or within the parameters of this timeline, because of course it's, you know, a bit more malleable now, then that's something wrong with us. Mm. But the reality is a lot of people are not in a position, especially these generations, by generations I mean millennials and Zers are going to be on very different timelines. Yet a lot of people will shelve their purpose in order to meet those milestones. Mm. So they keep doing everything backwards. Okay. So in the pursuit of the relationship, you know, or effectively the wedding and the partnership and the kids, etc., a lot of other things aren't getting done and that just often leads to crises later. Mm. Okay. So when you talk about in a place where you can make room for another person and all the adapting and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. what do you mean on a practical level? As in, is there space next to me in the bed? (laughs) Is my calendar free enough? Am I at a place in my purpose? Okay. It's very purpose-based, this one, right? But also other relationship-based one, like in terms of have I really done everything I really want to do in terms of living out my fantasy? Have I taken certain trips I've really wanted to do solo? Am I at a place where, yeah, in my purpose, I'm not going to be sacrificing something just so I could make this other milestone happen? I mean, look, I understand the purpose one, because let's be honest, you know, if during my karma, I'd met the love of my life, and he said, quit KMB and come live on an island with me to cook me lunch and dinner... (laughs) Probably would have said yes. Yeah, you've been like, Liz, peace out. That was yeah, fun. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> so I get that one. But the fantasies one, I kind of actually would argue that can hold one back. I still feel like I've got yeah. loads of fantasies. Yeah, and some forward. can be great with your partner and others you really want to be doing on the other Fine. side of the world and some random, you know. Fine. And we're not saying hold off, but you just need to be, again, it goes back to the previous episode. What is your clarity telling you? Mm. And that's what we mean in terms of This is the one that requires the most honesty because what tends to happen is people shelve their dreams. People sacrifice a lot. They compromise a lot because they think now it's now or never. At some point, you know that it'll fit. And I think fate will serve it up when it really is right. And that does take a fair amount of faith and it takes from living in your fate and not in your destiny because your destiny is pretty much telling you, you know, these are your signposts, you know, you meet yeah, each one and it comes together. people get married in their destiny. So there is a way of meeting Yeah, but person. they also, a lot of them get divorced. Okay, and what's number three? Am I capable of giving the necessary energy that building a relationship demands? What do you mean by that? So energy transference is probably one of the most, it's probably the biggest foundational element of relationship building, right? You need to be able to have that time with your person when you're adapting to that person. 
you're making room for them, which means, you know, your their presence is going to end up shaping you a bit and vice versa. And it could just be right down to like certain habits that you end up shifting out of. But can you really commit that energy or is that energy really needed to do something else? And how do you know? That's a really good question. How do you know with two and three, really? Well, two is actually really simple in terms of you can't lie to yourself. Like if you're really in the in the midst of pursuing either a particular diploma, like a degree, or you're really in the nascent stages of like building your podcast, writing books, etc., probably not the best time because the amount of time that is needed to give energy to really getting to know somebody and spending time with them, which is something we naturally want to do, right? Like the moment we meet somebody and it's really yummy, oh my God, it's like we want to be around them all the time. Well, then a lot of things aren't getting done. And if that thing isn't getting done, but it's part of your purpose, you've just sacrificed. In this case, that's when things, you can just focus on fun. Okay. So I'm just dating, not maybe seriously dating, but I'm just going to see if there's like someone out there who is like open to hanging out and maybe just getting to know people is like where I'm at. Okay. And so the fourth question is, do I want to date in order to discover more about myself or do I want to date in order for it to lead to relationship with or without long-term potential? Very real and very honest, but it's actually bigger than it sounds because it's Usually, we're dating in order to discover more about ourselves. Yeah, 100%. That's what that's what we base most of the books on. Yes. But most people do it for the other reason. Believing that they're doing it for the other reason. Exactly. Which then fucks it all up. It fucks up the entire process because they're, it, they come in loaded with expectations. If we're really not clear or honest with ourselves about what we're doing there, then it fucks it up for everyone. Post-karma life, post-ego, decisions aren't that dramatic. They really are, and as if anyone has ever had this type of experience from like maybe applying to like unis, and you apply to several, but you pretty much get one or two mm. at most. Mm. The decision actually ends up, when you're living in your fate, it ends up getting made for you because of where your path is and where it lies, and where it's going. You don't have as many decisions to make as you think. As many big dramatic ones. No. Sometimes it's just, especially, and when we've always said this, and we've said this since probably season one or two, the reason why we say your purpose is so important is that it helps eliminate a lot of the noise and the Mm. confusion. Because if you are really living a purpose-based life, which is a very fulfilling one, Mm. Okay, it's not because, oh, I just need to keep busy so that way everything else kind of comes together and satellites and falls into place. It's everything does kind of, well, not kind of, but everything falls Mm. in line, right? Everything follows from there and it makes things a lot simpler. But it's when we think that we have to make these big dramatic decisions or choices that suddenly we get, as you said, choice paralysis. And it's like, well, what's the choice you're really having to make? Do you want partnership or not? It's also knowing that when you when you do reach that point of when it bubbles to the surface and you are so, so desirous of that thing, 
you will go get it. But not getting to that fate of bubbling and desirous, which is a word I've never heard in my life. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're blocking it, does it? No. Okay. No, 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 no. It's one of those, yeah, I can really own this feeling. I'm just going to sit with it. But then at some point, it might just be like, I'm so, I mean, there's really, it is desirous as a word. <laughs> That and that is the only one where it's just your desire is just overcoming you, and then you're just like, okay, then I'm just gonna go get it. But I think also it's hard to be very clear on what you want, considering we haven't really had it modeled for us. And this is something I've been talking about for a while now is that if you look outside and you look at the relationships around, after my karma, I was very clear that I didn't want a relationship like most of the ones around me, mm-hmm. right? And that was what my mind associated with relationship. Yeah. So it was actually extremely <laughs> hard to desire something that was so nebulous. And when you say it's an idea, it's 100% that at that point. Because yeah. you don't know what a relationship looks like when you are in your power and free to be you and they are in their power and free to be them. You have mm-hmm. no idea. I, I literally had no idea until I did it. You wouldn't know, right? No. What a lot of people are doing and how they're living their lives. I think, again, it's still within the hive mind of how things should be. Mm. And when I consider the season and I think about where people are going and why they're, lament- why, why they're lamenting how everything is falling apart and, you know, right down to sort of the institution of marriage. And I think but. If we really want it to be what we know it's possible to be in terms of a harmonious connection, you know, mutual interest, like you said, something grounded in something really in real and covenantal or divine, it needs to be something different, as mm. you said. So I guess it's not like meeting new people and not doing the same patterns when like you're texting all the time before you never meet or like always being on the apps to find thank you next. Like it's actually yeah. about living your life, doing things maybe differently for you, even if it's not differently for everyone else. And it's not that simple. Again, when, like you said, we haven't had examples for it. So we're constantly feeling our way through the dark. Yeah. But if we're coming at it through what we know is right for us, what we know feels right right to us yeah and again that could be just the micro steps it could be and i really do think baby stepping into this kind of new world is better than trying to just fit ourselves into the old one or fitting the person that we're currently dating into some models so that it suits us Mm. right because i do find that what people are sort of doing in this in-between phase so say they haven't fallen into the trappings of like old school bullshit And so they're trying to adapt and apply other types of teachings or rules or Mm. whatever. And they're trying to understand the other person's language or they're trying to speak their language and they're trying to like be more open-minded and stuff. What they're still trying to do is still trying to conform. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's just like they're conforming to just a different model. Yes. And I'm thinking, but what is it that you really want? Like, can you even answer that? Are you really wanting this person to be your partner? But if they're not able to be because all of their behaviors and words have shown that that's not what they want or that's not what they're capable of or they are capable to a degree but can you be satisfied with selling yourself short Mm. can you be satisfied and really okay with the fact that you're not going to get everything that you really want Mm. that you genuinely want isn't the stuff that might be really important to you yeah and if you're okay with it then you're okay with it by the way also fine yeah no judgment But then don't complain two years later when things haven't fundamentally changed. Okay, but then that's on you Mm. and not them necessarily. If people are going to evolve, they're going to evolve. And it's not going to have anything to do with anything else. And it's not worth betting on it. Because you actually don't know the way in which they're going to evolve. They could evolve to the left and you thought they were going to go right. You just got no fucking idea. So waiting for someone to change is the biggest waste of time. But a lot of people do it. Mm. Or they will, again. Oh, I used to that. 
But then I also feel bad because then it's also, you know, people are looking at the rules to like get them to change their behaviors. And then they get really excited when it works in the short term because it's like, oh my gosh, my SO asked us to be, now we're exclusive. Yeah. This guy I was seeing, now we're exclusive. And or it's I only did this, three this spell from TikTok and now they messaged me after six months. Yeah. And now we're exclusive. And I'm like, okay, exclusivity apparently is really important. I'm like filing these words But in my away. head, I'm just thinking it's bullshit because saying you're exclusive doesn't mean they can't sleep with other people. Or flirt with other people or do anything. Or that they won't. No, exactly. And time has nothing to do with it in terms of how long you've been together. And so it is it is reasonable. Like when I think about friends or people I know my age, you know, who are still dating, maybe things didn't work out. Maybe they've been married once before. And when they really like look at the trajectory of their relationships or they're looking ahead of them, it is scary. It is quite scary for some who've been through things and how do they reframe their expectations and knowing what they know and again it just goes back to the only thing you really can do is just know who you are Mm. so is partnership written in everyone's fate not in everyone's but for most yes because in terms of our human evolution we are still in need of partnership right it is still part of our survival so it is written in many of our fates still okay but we're having to approach it from a from a place of where it's not just for our survival but we're we're much more conscious as well so that's what we're bringing our divinity into into and are we going to be talking a lot more about this this season i think so you've seen the outlines Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.